0: talk about hey, so everybody Ringo here go. Beautiful day in LA talk, motor,
1: chat, moja. so
2: Hi, 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 and hey, hey, <laughs> and welcome back to Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles videocast. This is a bi-weekly show that we, well, normally we do every other Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. But this week we're doing it on Tuesday since yesterday was Memorial Day. We figured we'd give you guys a break and relax <laughs> on uh, Memorial Day. So um, we're doing the show tonight instead. And so uh, on the show tonight, we have an interesting topic, as we always do. We're going to be looking at VIPs, uh, people who made a major contribution to the solo Beatles music of the 70s, other than the Beatles themselves. Yes. So we can't say John on a Ringo record or, you know, George on a Ringo record. Um, it's- I didn't know
3: that when I made my list. What's up? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know
2: that when I made my list. Oh, are well. working on changes right now as we're doing it. Start looking for changes, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Ken Michaels, I'm one of the four regular people of the show, and hopefully you know my syndicated Beatles radio program called Every Little Thing that has been on the air now for, well, this year and made it 40 years. Currently on 55 radio stations. And in addition to that, I also co-host another bi-weekly Beatles podcast called Things We Said Today with my buddies, Darren DeVivo and Alan Kozen. In addition to that, I have my own YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, that is all Beatles conversations. Sometimes it's one-on-one, sometimes they're panel discussions, but lots of Beatle programming in my life. And uh, this is one of my favorite shows to do, of course, Talk More Talk with my three buddies right here. Let's uh, let's bring them on right now. First, we have the queen of everything, the queen of Beatles social media, and she is the author of several books, including Songs Who Are Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and also, thank God, a shorter title, <laughs> Fandom <laughs> that she co-wrote with our colleague, Ken Womack, and she writes for a lot of uh, magazines and periodicals, Beatle Fan and Something Else Reviews and Consequence of Sound, and she also does uh, occasional seminars online, virtual ones, on albums like Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life and Carole King's Tapestry, and that's our own kiddo tool. Hi, Kit.
4: Hi Ken, thank you very much for that wonderful introduction. Hi, Tom. Hi, Joe. Hello. Good to be back with you okay. guys and, and uh with with everybody. And uh, it's going to be a fun and jam-packed show tonight.
2: Yeah. Sure is. We got a lot to talk about. Not only uh, the main topic that I mentioned before, but Kit, you got to see Paul McCartney in concert.
4: Why, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm following you everywhere. Yes. You're still there.
4: I'm still there. I haven't been able to come home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be glued there for a while. That's right. So, uh, yeah. Kit, welcome to the show, of course. And uh, we also have Tom Boniati, who is one half of the great uh, podcast on the solo Paul McCartney career called Two Legs along with Andy Nichols. And along with that, I want to tell you folks something that has impressed me a lot about Tom recently. Yeah. Uh, first of all, he went to the opera. Yeah. <laughs> he also went to the ballet. Yeah. <laughs> wow. In addition to that, he watched my favorite movie of all time that's not a Beatles movie or a musical. And that can yeah. be The Jerk with Steve Martin. Yeah so uh, i'm so impressed with you this Jeez. goes to show you're dealing with sophisticated people here
1: very cultured uh, people I'm straight i'm <laughs> welcome hi hello good to see you, you guys gone? and uh, let's <laughs> thank you ken <laughs> you weren't expecting that were you no i was not but <laughs> hey i'm proud of going to the opera and the ballet you should be. I, I got no problem Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh,
3: Right. Yep. Just don't tell your friends the surprise ending.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think everybody knows the ending to Romeo and Juliet. You know, (laughs) it's not a secret anymore. Also, we have Joe Mayo with us of the
2: uh, YouTube channel Mean Mr. Mayo, and he does virtually everything. Lots of Beatles content on there talks about things going on in pop culture music movies you name it um and occasionally does the the fab gab show you haven't done one for a while have you
3: yeah i'm gonna be doing a return of fab gab that's something i'll have to talk about at the end okay great yeah
2: so and also you celebrated your 10th anniversary with your youtube channel
3: yeah, I did. Right. Yeah. And I want to thank th- thank all of you for, you know, saying uh, congratulations and offering up a video for that video. Thank mm-hmm.
4: you. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Happy to. Yeah. Said, me too. yeah
2: I, you're the biggest thing on the Internet, Joe. I mean, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. uh,
3: <laughs> especially when I turn profile. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, what's that Hitchcock theme? So, how's that Hitchcock theme
3: going?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. there
3: you go. yeah. Yeah. I know. Why don't you get up and get something from the back of the room, Tom? Maybe we're in the back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good where I am, buddy. <laughs> me, me too.
2: So, anyway, like I said, we're going to be having that special topic on VIPs in the solo careers of the Beatles. And we're dealing strictly with the 70s this time. Maybe in the future we'll do one on each decade. All right, and we will talk to Kit in a few moments about her experiencing Paul in Concert. Before we do that, we have to get to the latest Beatle news. Uh, First of all, we have Ringo Starr, who gave a virtual press conference with his latest all-star band last Thursday. And that was the day before he kicked off his tour at the Casino Rama in Toronto. Ringo and most of the musicians all talked about how excited they are about being back on the road after several years of tours being canceled due to COVID. Ringo cited four tours he missed because of this. Uh, Amos Stewart said, playing live is what we do. It's our lifeblood. Greg Bissonette said, there's nothing like playing live in front of an audience. And Edgar Winter said, I love to play with Ringo anytime. Happy to be back (laughs) and to do what I love most to do. One thing Ringo commented on regarding his all-star band tours is that his audience has been getting younger. He's been hmm. with the audience and he sees a lot of young fans. Good thing. New Beatle fans popping up all the time. It's so important to always attract that younger audience.
3: Maybe yeah, he can start singing You're 16 again.
2: <laughs> I don't
3: know. <laughs> not that long. He's on the back. <laughs> um,
2: There were lots of questions thrown out about the documentary Get Back. And Ringo said he remembered quite a lot of what he saw. The difference in doing those sessions was that they had no songs to start off with. Everything was done from scratch. He said Michael Lindsay Hogg's version of what happened in the film Let It Be was too down and Peter Jackson did a great job. He also said he wanted to remember but didn't see it in the documentary how he got that shuffle beat in the song, Get Back. Um, when asked if you'd like to see a documentary being made about anything else from his career, he said he'd like to see one on the Eddie Clayton group. <laughs> 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 that was before Rory Storm, folks. No. The Oscar band was asked to comment about uh, the Beatles' breakup and what it meant to them. Edgar Winter said the Beatles breakup was meant to be. They all made great albums on their own. Thank okay. you, Edgar. Let's have them on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah do it. <laughs> uh, the one new piece of news coming from Ringo was that he just finished his third EP. Didn't say when it would come out or what the title was. All right. All right. Well, those uh, three letters, these three letters, apparently are going to be heard more prominently in the news. NFT. Wow. It's for non fungible fungible. Tokens. Remember, we mentioned them when Julian Lennon had an NFT auction of memorabilia he was selling off. Well, both Ringo and Julian have new ones right now. Ringo's is called Ringo Star NFT Collection, the creative mind of a Beatle. Fans can now bid on animated paintings by Ringo, along with a custom made drum composition recorded and played by the artist according to Julian's Auctions who are hosting this event. The purchases also include a 25 inch by 25 inch canvas print signed by Ringo. Ringo said in a statement, I only ever wanted to be a drummer yet you never know where a new idea or path will lead you. This new technology is so far out it's inspired me and I've loved creating these NFTs combining my art and my music. Who'd have thought I would be spreading peace and love in the metaverse? This is the first NFT collection created by a beetle, and the auction is scheduled for June 13th and will include five different NFTs with four of each set to be sold. Bids can be made that day on juliansauctions.com on their website, and some of the proceeds will benefit Ringo's charity, the Lotus Foundation. Now, Julian Lennon is trying to raise money for Ukraine by releasing an NFT auction of his recording of John's iconic song, Imagine. This started on May 20th, and it's running for 11 days, which means that it's probably ending today. And Julian is charging $11 uh, through the organization Yellow Heart. Julian's recording of John's Imagine will include a recording of the track in addition to audio and visual interpretations of the song including new artwork and a personal narration from Lennon. The NFT interpretation of Imagine features Lennon's acoustic performance, accompanied by co-producer Nuno Bettencourt on guitar and backing vocals, along with the audio recording featuring black and white pencil visuals that Lennon uh, transformed into pockets of light throughout the song. Yeah. According to
1: the individual,
2: are you gonna say something I'm saying righty.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm glad I guess I'm glad that it's something other than just like a picture of a guitar, you know yeah, <laughs> or something like or, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. But it's go ahead, Ken. The new way of doing things at the moment. Anyway. Yeah.
2: According to the independent, Paul McCartney tops the list from The Sunday Times of the richest musicians from the UK and Ireland saying that he has 865 million pounds ahead of the number two artist, for which they list the band U2, having 625 million pounds, followed by Andrew Lloyd Webber with 495 million pounds. Ellen Cozen will be very disappointed about that. (laughs) Webber's wealth actually went down because of the pandemic, uh, uh, the pandemic's effect on the theater industry. The Sunday Times gave us a top 20 list and also included at number eight, or Olivia and Danny Harrison at 295 million pounds. And at number nine, Sir Ringo Starr at 285 million pounds. Interesting that John Lennon or Yoko and Sean are not listed at all. Is that because John moved to the US? Hmm. Yoko and John lived there, don't know. We're very happy for the multi-talented producer, songwriter and musician, Alan Parsons, who just received an OBE. That's for Order of the British Empire from Queen Elizabeth via Prince William. And OBE is one step below a CBE. Also, uh, you were reporting this, Tom. Actually did a whole show on Two Legs with Denny Sywell and Fernando Perdomo. But there will be a tribute concert for the Ram album. You want to tell the folks a little bit about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, we were fortunate enough to have Denny Seiwell and Fernando Perdomo on the show to uh, promote their upcoming show uh, on July 16th at the uh, Troubadour in LA. And what it is is they're going to be forming the the entire Ram album, including you know songs like Oh Woman, Oh Why, Another Day. And, and a couple others, and there'll be some surprises. And and what it is, is, a, is, you know, it's pretty much covering the Ram On album that they did last year the, to honor the 50th anniversary of, of Ram. And um, so, yeah, you, know, take, you can get tickets at thetroubadour.com. And, um, you know, if it sells out, they said that there's going to be a streaming option. Uh, so if you're in the area, you know, please check it out. Listen, they're, they're filling a void. I mean, listen, we know McCartney's not going to be doing these songs, you know, so here we go with, with, you know, somebody that played on those songs and Danny Sywell. So let's go out and help support uh, these guys. And, uh, you know, and maybe if this goes well, maybe they'll do a few more shows down the line. We'll see. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great time. I'm actually thinking of going.
2: Right. Are they going to have everybody that played on the album perform?
1: A, a bunch of people will be there. Yeah, people like Timmy Sean, who say, who did the vocals for uh, Smile Away and Monkberry Moon Delight. And there'll be others, too, that performed on there that uh, will be there. As well, yeah, so they're having as many people as possible that performed on the original album. They also said that the the CD is also going to get a vinyl release here in July as well, thanks to Cherry Cherry Red Records. So it's not on the website yet, but it should be coming soon. Okay, very good. Thank you, Tom. All right, some more news here. I want to
2: correct myself for something I said two weeks ago when mentioning the new coasters that have just come out for McCartney Merchandise. I said that one of them was a world map. Well... It was actually for wings over america it was the map that was on the label when the album first came out so we have venus and mars wings over america london town and back to the egg coasters available there you go what can i say folks (laughs) there they are
1: and these Ah. are the ones causing all the stir right here (laughs) yeah for (laughs) the paul mccartney
3: fan who has to have everything Yes, yes.
1: What do you get the McCartney fan that has everything? Well, you get them posters.
3: I want the back to the egg one. I'd like to have that one.
1: (laughs) So I'll just put those next to the gnomes.
4: Uh Shut up, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Details are now
2: coming out regarding the upcoming fest for Beetle fans in Chicago at the Hyatt Regency O'Hare. That's August 12th through the 14th. It will feature some of the same guests as the ones in April in New Jersey. Those include drummer extraordinaire and member of Ringo's All-Stars, Greg Bissonette, Billy J. Kramer, Peter Asher will be there, Uh, Chris O'Dell, Lawrence Juber, Mark Lewison, of course the band Liverpool, The Weaklings, Gary Astridge, Ringo's drum curator, and Simon Weitzman, bringing you the world premiere of the new documentary film Here, There, and Everywhere, described as a love letter to the Beatles from the fans. And also our colleague, Ken Womack, who will have a sneak preview of his forthcoming biography book on Mal Evans. Hmm. If you want more info, you can go to their website, thefest.com. And uh, don't know if there'll be a Talk More Talk panel.
4: Uh, I think there will be at least uh, Ken Womack and I are planning to, to do something. Okay, so,
0: cool.
4: uh, yeah, so uh, to kind of to kind of represent uh, uh, Talk More talks. So uh, stay tuned and uh, we'll see what uh, what's going to uh, be happening. So, of course, when we know details, we will announce them on here and on our Facebook page.
2: You never know from show to show if something will develop. So
4: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome.
2: And also, I wanted to send out congratulations to our friend on the Things We Said Today podcast because in the New York Times, his last name was the answer in this week's crossword uh, puzzle. That's right.
1: Yeah. That's Nobody awesome. made it yes.
2: in a crossword puzzle. Congratulations to Alan Cozen. And uh, as one person wrote on Facebook, next next time, his name will be the question on Jeopardy.
3: Uh, I know somebody who's an expert at crossword puzzles. Yes.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, you always got to remember put down that when you're talking about an insect. And it's <laughs> three. Oh, here we three go. all spaces. Okay. Here all right. we go. No more honeymooners. So
2: happy with all these honeymooners. Yeah. Here we go, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we end our news on a, a couple of sad notes. First of all, um, some major passings here the death, of and, course, of Alan White. Alan will always be known for drumming in the progressive rock band, Yes, for the last 50 years. Wow. And as far as his work with the Beatles, he played with John first as a member of the Plastic Model Band for the Live Piece in, Toron- uh, in Toronto concert. Uh, with John Yoko, Klaus Vorman, and Eric Clapton. He also played at the Lyceum Ballroom in London at the uh, Peace for Christmas UNICEF concert. That was in December of 69, performing in a super group, which also included George Harrison, Eric Clapton, and uh, Delaney and Bonnie, and that was on Cold Turkey, it was a performance of that, and Don't Worry Kyoko. That was followed by Alan's drumming on the classic single For Instant Karma, then on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass album and on John's Imagine album. Oh mm. no had this to say. Alan White was a wonderful drummer who was an essential part of the sound of Imagine. Instant Karma as well and more recordings. He will always, he was always gentle, kind, and good humored. We were blessed he was part of our family. Love and condolences to Gigi, that's his wife, Jesse and Cassie White, JJ, Ellie, and Andrea. Just want to add a quote from Peter Frampton on this. Dear friend and incredible drummer Alan White has left us way too soon. He was one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever known. When you when you next hear Imagine or Jealous Guy by John, think of Alan as you hear his masterful playing and all his wonderful work with Yes, R.I.P. Hmm. I did an interview with Alan about 10 months ago, which yeah. is now on my uh youtube channel ken michaels radio and uh, i can't believe how honored i was and privileged to interview him at the time i interviewed him mainly because all things must pass had just come out the anniversary box set so i wanted to focus more on on that than on john we did talk a bit about john i wish i could have spent more time talking about john but it was it was wonderful talking to him so if you if you get a chance please check out that interview on uh, on my youtube channel Yeah,
3: I'm I'm glad I got a chance to meet him at the Fest for Beatles fans, I think 2019. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And Mm. Darren, Darren DeVivo interviewed him on stage there too.
1: Mm. I know he's a big Mm. Yes fan, so I'm sure he's a little heartbroken right now. Sure. As are so many people in the music world, Yes
2: has been so much a part of people's lives. And Mm -hmm. so amazing band, amazing musicians. Um, also, there's Ronnie Hawkins, yep. um, the musician who has uh, who's died. He helped to discover the band. And uh, John and Yoko stayed at his farm in Mississauga, Ontario, during their War is Over campaign in 1969. And with his wife, Wanda, rode with John and Yoko by train to Montreal where they were there for the Bed In for Peace at the Queen Elizabeth Hotel. And after that, took another train ride to be there when John and Yoko met Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. John made Hawkins a peace ambassador, spreading an anti-war message when traveling on the border of China and Hong Kong with journalist Richie York. And Hawkins died from cancer on uh, May the 29th at the age of mm. seven. Yeah,
1: he was also in the uh, the last Waltz film that also featured Ringo Starr. Mm-hmm.
3: There's other- there's I'm sorry, uh, a collectible, uh, John Lennon 45, where he talks about Ronnie Hawkins, and uh, I think he plays the song called Down in the Alley, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mm -hmm. and he talks about Ronnie Hawkins. I remember having that 45 as a collectible. Mm -hmm.
2: All right, very nice. Okay, that's all the news we have for you this time. And before we get to our main topic, Kit, you got to see Paul McCartney. In Orlando, <laughs> tell us the experience. Tell us. Um, oh
4: wow! Well, I'll I'll tell you. I I have to thank Tom and Ed Chen who who really convinced me uh, to go to the Orlando show. Um, it was kind of a last minute thing, and uh, boy, am I glad I did! It it was so much fun. Uh, I was I was telling uh, everybody before uh, we went on the air that you know this this definitely had a different air than the other shows I've been to of Paul's and I think it was because you know for the past couple of years obviously we haven't been able to go to concerts we've been cooped up and I think everybody was just so excited to finally be able to you know be together to experience live music together so the crowd was just in a great mood. I mean, everybody was just ready to have a good time. And so this crowd was pumped. I mean, they <laughs> really were, um, and, uh, and I was on, sitting on, uh, I was on the floor, and I've only done that one other time in 1990, I was 18 years old, so it's a long time <laughs> since I've done this, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different experience, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm so glad uh, that I did it, because it was just, um, you know, you just feel like you're just right in the middle of things you know and and just obviously so much closer um he really uh was in pretty good voice um the the night i saw him uh perfect no of course uh you know he struggled at times but not bad uh Mm -hmm. you know kind of like what you were saying tom that there were times where uh you know even when he did maybe i'm amazed you know that's kind of the big test you know Mm -hmm. when he started it and i just thought you know, but mm-hmm. he, but he yeah. wasn't bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I guess the the yardstick, if you want to call it that, was that the you know, Saturday Night Live performance, and it was nothing mm-hmm. at all like that. I mean, it was pretty good. I noticed that he now has some vocal tricks mm-hmm. that he's using mm-hmm. to preserve his voice, um, which is good. You know, that's a good thing. I mean, he's you know phrasing a little differently you know not holding notes quite as long right, things like right. that
0: yeah. you know?
4: um and you know and that's great i mean that's very smart um and so he's doing some things like that i can tell to try to you know preserve you know not hitting the high notes quite as much and and the band kind of covers that and and again that's fine because if he sounds better um when he's doing that but I mean, you know, he just, uh, you know, just connects with the audience so much. Um, you know, that hasn't changed at all. Um, yes, he did the same stage patter. I mean, it was pretty much, you know, like, like the last time, the Jimi Hendrix story, uh, the Blackbird story, uh, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But, you know, when you're there, it, it kind of like what you said, Tom, it doesn't matter. Uh, because mm. you're just so yeah. caught up um, in everything. One interesting surprise was, um, well, maybe not surprise, but when he did get back. Now, we've all seen him get back, do get back a thousand times. But to me, it had a lot more, it has more meaning now. Because mm. we've all seen him, mm. you know, compose it. Um, mm through get back i mean we've seen him sit there and and compose it right in front of our eyes so now when you see him perform it and he has footage from get back playing and you know on the big screens background it was it it just enhances the performance i think so i enjoyed get back a lot more than i have in in years watching it like you know because now you feel like you have more insight Mm -hmm. into it um, so that was, that was really enjoyable. Um, you know, even more than I thought, uh, love me do sounded particularly good this time around. I don't know why it just, um, you know, he, he seemed like he was having particular fun with it that night. Um, trying to think what other highlights, um, uh, of course, live and let die. As you said, Tom, I could feel the heat.
1: Yeah. Did you feel <laughs>
4: I was just like wow this is incredible um struggled a little bit on that yeah. some of the notes I noticed that too but you know that's fine I mean it's it still was was great uh bathroom song was definitely my valentine hmm. um you know got kind of polite applause at, at the end <laughs> um I'd say that probably got the weakest but uh come on to me got a good response Okay. Uh, yeah, that got a good response um because it's got that on quality, mm-hmm. right. and you know, so it it plays well live. So and the horns yeah. and the horns and the horns <laughs> the
3: horns. Kid, did he do? Uh, did he do women and wives or let him in?
4: Uh, let him in did let him in uh he did women and wives for the sound check i should mention i got there a bit early ed and i got there a bit early so we could hear a very muffled sound check (laughs) from the outside (laughs) and he did women and wives for that uh so uh, so we got let him in which was great i love let him in so i'm Mm -hmm. I'm not complaining but yeah it would have been nice you know, to hear women and wives in the show, but, but yeah, we could hear him do it in the sound check. Uh, yeah. We heard a little bits of it. Uh, he did uh, drive my car one after nine Oh nine. Trying to matchbox did a really rocking version of Matchbox in the, uh, in, in the sound check. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, as I said, we could only hear like bits and pieces. Unfortunately, it was pretty muffled. Um, but uh, he did new, which, which got a, okay response um i mean he did it well of course mm-hmm. but did he train... do the
1: um did they do the um acapella bit at the end the do 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 do.
4: do. i'm trying you know to remember I, mean? I don't remember them didn't. doing that
1: yeah because um, they didn't
4: do that in sofi no. yeah they didn't i don't think they did it i don't remember an acapella part yeah okay i don't think they did it no um they did for you i yeah. think people were confused I think they were a little confused and they showed the video uh, in the background, which I always thought that video was really bizarre. (laughs) <laughs> so it's like okay i i i don't know but uh, well, it's funny because I mean, you're
1: watching it, the video and you're in your in your mind you might be thinking he's saying something else and then you're watching the video and seeing the kid the maybe kid. saying that too you know yeah, and, you're, just and like, you're like
4: why is the what? kid you know yeah what <laughs> is wow, he okay with this <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah. just weird yeah. and i've got to say dance tonight I, you know, and I, and of course, I, I know I've talked about it in the show before, I, mem- I love memory almost full, but Dance Tonight, I always thought the studio version, you know, I wasn't totally insane about it. It really sounds better live. Every time I've heard it live, I've thought, I don't know what it is, if there's just more energy to it live, but I just like it better when it's when i dance
1: routine of course yeah,
4: yeah. Abe at yeah, the dance <laughs> routine it's cute it's cute you know but there's just something about it that just has more charm and you know people clap along to it and no, it no, just there's something about it that just plays better um in, in person I don't know what it is but uh but I've I've liked that song better um since I've seen it him do it in concert. Uh Junior's cool. Farm Love that. Mm-hmm. Love, I was glad. And, and 1985, I know he's yeah. done it a bunch of times, but that's his great live. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Um, and Obo de Obo Da, it was really funny. The section that was kind of diagonal for me, it was, it was so funny when he started the song after the opening chords and then the bass comes in. I swear that whole section started bouncing up and down. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just the crowd you know people love it it's it's just uh, you know it's just a timeless song uh of course he did his his um usual encore but this was great i mean you couldn't you couldn't have planned this so he goes into helter skelter and uh, you know and i i do love helter skelter live i know he's done it a thousand times but i i love it you know and, and then of course at the end he's going into coming down coming down coming down fast and i swear to god there was lightning in the in the sky it was heat lightning mm. <laughs> but like these bolts start coming as he's doing that part and they went away fast there was there was no danger or anything but like the fact that there were lightning bolts going as he's doing that it was just like yeah
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was like you know you couldn't have planned it <laughs> it was it was you know just a little added fun uh a little added effects uh speaking of effects uh the live and let die you know whenever he does it in an outdoor stadium of course they really go yeah. nuts with the effects with the fireworks and fireworks uh, and yeah that was great um i did like the the um which of course he claims he, they'd never done live and that's not really true but the you never mm-hmm. give me your money Mm -hmm. Uh, section Uh, that's that's fun to hear him uh, do live um and uh and then of course the grand finale of the end i -hmm. mean it's it's just how can he not do that so do i wish he would do different songs sure you know i i do i mean i would but the crowd loved
0: it Mm -hmm. i mean
4: you know and i mean in a way maybe in a way he's not playing for us complete hardcore nerds. I mean, he's, he's playing for, you know, the general fans. I mean, I wish he would throw us more of a bone. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) But the crowd just absolutely went wild. I mean, they really did. So, I mean, you can argue both ways, but I, I still had a great time, but, um, but yes, I do wish he would, you know, shake up the list a bit, um, because, you know, it's it's still, we've heard these songs a lot, uh, but mm-hmm. I will say when he did Let It Be and I turned around and looked at the stadium mm-hmm. and saw all the lights, lights. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. wow, you know, yeah. that that doesn't get old, I have to admit, it doesn't, it's, it's pretty moving, yeah. it, it really is.
2: Yeah. It's interesting what you said about Dance Tonight, because there are certain songs that for whatever the reason seem to work mm-hmm. really well live, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's also cool that, you know, he takes out the mandolin, you know, a
0: different
2: yeah. to play. So, and yeah, it's fun to see Abe dance around. That's a lot of his shit there with that song. But um, did you notice if there were a lot of young people in the audience? Was it a, very much a family crowd with parents and kids?
4: Yes. And fa- I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks, Ken, because this was a very multi-generational audience. Mm-hmm. More than mm-hmm. I've seen. Um, it was grandparents, parents, grandchildren, you know, teenagers. I sat next to, it was funny, the guy who actually sold me the ticket. Online, he was 24. I hope he's watching. I really promoted our show to him uh, because boy, he knew the Beatles and solo catalog inside out, and he's a fan of Joe's. (laughs) Because I I was telling him about our show, and he said, "Mean Mr. Mayo, I watch him all the time. I love his Rancid (laughs) videos." And I'm Uh, like, "You gotta be kidding me!" You know, we and we took a picture together and it was great sitting with him and it was only a second time seeing Paul. So he was super excited. And, and so, you know, it was great to share the concert with him because he was, you know, he was just super excited the whole night, but yeah, I mean, and, and he really, you know, Scott, it was great spending. I hope you're watching. It was so fun spending that concert with you. uh, Sharing that experience. Hope you're watching. And, um, but there were so many, different ages and and the next day when I was riding back to the airport uh my Lyft driver said you know it had been crazy the night before of course and Lyft and Uber got a lot of business and he she said who was that guy who was (laughs) for me because she he (laughs) was really funny and I of course explained who it was and she said well I wondered because she said there were all different ages there and I thought who would who was this guy who would attract so many different ages <laughs> mm-hmm. i love it. who was that guy <laughs> but it was true uh that that really impressed me. and and i even more than other concerts i've been to of his that, that this attracted so many different age groups there you go great yeah. yeah. right? great to see
2: for me part of the joy in seeing him live is to see a lot of young people who have never seen him before right, right. you have to be in shock that he's doing any of these songs especially classic Beatles songs or you know something classic like band on the run or something and then to be in total shock <laughs> you got the fireworks and because you know they have no idea what's about to happen so you know to look around and see younger people experience experience that and also to see like I said, parents with their kids together—that's yeah. such a great feeling, right there.
4: It really yeah. is, and in hey,
3: fact, kid, it was how, so. How, how about the John do it with Paul? I've got a feeling.
4: I'm I'm going to be a little bit of a party pooper here and say that it was a little disappointing when I saw it because I was really psyched about that. I mean, I was really looking forward to it, and Ed and I were were talking about it that. It's the, the, I think, I don't know if it was just the mix, but John's voice was not very high in the mix at at the stadium. So it it sounded a little thin um, and I I don't know. So it was a little, it wasn't, it was a little hard to hear him. Um, And uh, and the, also, I think maybe they were having some trouble with the screens. I don't know, but the, the footage was a little, like it was a little stuttery. And so it was a little disappointing. Um, I was, that was the only part that kind of, it was a little bit of a letdown because I was, I was really looking forward to that. The other thing too, is, you know, the first time that that footage was posted on, on YouTube. And I think that was his first show, maybe the opening night of mm-hmm. the tour. I think Paul, because that was the first night they were doing it was really into it. You know, but now that Paul's done it a number of times, I'm wondering if the you know the emotion of it and all has kind of faded a bit, Hmm. and so he wasn't interacting with the screen as much as as I thought he would. So that part was a little disappointing. It was fine. It was fine, but I was expecting to be a little more emotional. than i was um Mm -hmm. so that was the only part that i would say eh, that was a little bit not as not quite as good as i thought it would be but maybe my expectations were just sky high because of what i had seen online
3: Mm -hmm. you know yeah and i've seen it so many times well a few times online now you know exactly
4: that could be it too that you know it's coming and Mm -hmm. so you know your expectations are are just too big you know but uh, but it may have just been some technical issues at the stadium i mean that that could be it too um, and i think you know because i will also say the horns could have been way up in the mix too they they were a little low uh, oh. i i wish they had been just a little bit higher mm-hmm. um you know because you i i want to hear those horns
3: <laughs> you said it me too
4: yeah and they were a little little low in in the mix so that was a little bit of a you know, a little bit of criticism I had too, but yeah, very much. Yeah, I don't
1: remember. I don't remember the John vocals being as low as as yours was. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, fortunately for my sake, I yeah. guess I maybe I got. Yeah, a they were just a little
4: thin Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Freudian
3: slipped there. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat>
4: all right. But but you know, all, uh, I mean, overall, I would say go. Yeah, the tickets are expensive. I'm glad. Yeah, going. Paul doesn't sound like he does he did when he was, you know, in the, on the 8990 tour or anything like that. But, you know, it's it's a great time. And, you know, it's Paul McCartney, damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's he's yeah. right there, you know, and yeah. you will have a ball. Really well. It's it's a celebration.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm gonna see him at Fenway, the first show there. And it, right. right, so
0: oh, well,
2: yeah, well. Ringo, I'm going to be busy in the next couple of weeks, but um, you know, we always bring up the set list here on this show, and yeah, certainly, we all would like him to do some songs that he's never done live before, um, but I think at this stage, it's just the fact that he's got nothing to prove. <laughs> he's just going to go out and have a good time and play songs that he knows the public wants to hear, and right. so. You know i'm just so glad that he's out there doing anything for us so something to be grateful for absolutely all right very good kit so on with our main topic of the show we're looking at vips we're calling it of the 70s who are on solo beatles records these are all people that we think made some kind of major contribution to one or more of the beatles and each of us have picked five artists They could be musicians, songwriters, producers. Some could have more than one role. And um, I don't know if any of us have any honorary mentions, but we all have five that we picked. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, um, well, I'd like to start with with my five and then we'll go around the corner here. Sure. Number one for me is someone that I think um, should automatically be on everyone's list. Be curious to see if it's on yours. Uh, And that's Denny Lane. Mm -hmm. Uh, Denny Lane is the only member of Wings, other than Paul and Linda, who was there from the very beginning to the very end. He was a constant. He was there for the harmonies, and Paul, Linda, and Denny were part of that signature sound in the harmony work of Wings. In addition to all that, I really do think that he brought a folk element to Wings. He co wrote a number of songs with Paul, London Town, five songs there. He co-wrote the biggest selling single in the UK up to that point with Paul being Mull of Kintyre, which was also, you know, a huge hit around the world, everywhere but the United States. (laughs) uh, You know, that's a very significant song in the career of Paul McCartney, Mull of Kintyre. And, you know, like I said, Denny was always there. I love the contributions of the fourth and fifth members of Wings through the years. They all made very big contributions. I like all the different lineups, but how can you argue with someone who was there from the entire run of Wings, the entire decade, Mm -hmm. even went into the tug of war pipes of peace sessions. Um, And not only that, he sang lead on songs that Paul wrote, (laughs) like Spirits of Ancient Egypt, for example, or, the, the first verse of Picasso's last words that he sang lead on five songs during the Wings Over America tour. Uh, Denny Lane, to me, very important in the career of Paul McCartney and especially in the 70s. Um, number two, do you guys want to comment on that? Or you just want me to. Uh,
3: no, I mean, you can't, you can't argue with, with, you know, with Denny Lane. Well, yeah. put, yeah. Well
4: <laughs> put
3: I, I, mean, I didn't have Denny on my list,
4: but that's. Yeah, nor did I, I Neither. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, what, mm. what, what can you say? Know. It's absolutely true. I think you know,
1: it, yeah, it's a no-brainer, you know. <laughs> I
2: mean. Um, also, I put Vinnie Poncia on there. Hmm. Vinnie Poncia, hmm. because he co-wrote quite a lot of songs with Ringo. I think the number is 15 songs altogether. He was right. his main songwriting partner of the 70s. A couple songs on the Ringo album, including the major hit of Oh My My. He played acoustic guitar. Uh, did, I think, backing vocals on the Ringo album and Goodnight Vienna. But then later on, it's all these co-writes with Ringo. On Ringo's Road Crying, which is one of my favorite Ringo songs in his solo career, was written with uh, Vinnie Poncia. Um, and especially Ringo the Fourth, where there's 10 songs and six of the 10 are co-writes with Vinnie Poncia. And uh, Vinnie also produced the Bad Boy album as well. Um, I like most of the songs that Ringo and Vinnie wrote together, and the first really big step that Ringo took as a songwriter, even though he wrote a few songs with George, was with Vinnie Poncio on Ringo the Fourth. A few songs before that, but um, if you take a look at what they wrote together in the '70s, it's it's a substantial number of songs right there, and I wish I knew more about their work together, in particular. All right. Um, Number three for me would be Phil Spector. Um, There's no no doubt about it. You know, as much as I like to say that there's, there's nothing more important than how strong the songs are, and I will always say that, Phil Spector, a big reason why All Things Must Pass was a success that it was, is because of the production that he brought to it. I love the rebirth sound, you know, I do like what was done on the new box set, but I still go back to the original, no matter what. I think those songs, the very spiritual nature of so many of those songs called for that kind of wall of sound. It was perfect for that. Not to mention the fact that I think that the production on Instant Karma was wonderful. You know, it's one of the biggest reasons I love Instant Karma is not just the song, but it's the sound of that song.
3: And it's Uh, just enough, just enough uh, for me on that one. It's not too over the top and not, you know, too under. it's just right.
2: Right. Okay. So Phil Spector has to be in there. Um, also his work on the Imagine album, which i Yoko too. to. Um, I had to put Jim Keltner in there. Jim Keltner is one of those names that you just see everywhere on solo Beatle records uh, in the 70s, mainly with John George and Ringo. The mere fact that he's on so many songs tells you how highly they thought of him. I often point to his drumming on What You Got which really, drove mm. her. I know he himself has pointed out that song as one that he's especially proud of. Um, it's, it's a bit of a drawback sometimes when you've got Jim and Ringo together because you don't know which part. Ringo right, which right. Played. But just the fact that he was there on so many records tells you how highly they thought of him. So I had to put Jim Keltner in there. And likewise, I had to put Klaus Foreman in there. You know, mm-hmm. Klaus played bass on so many records from John, George, okay. and Ringo, and um, his bass playing in most cases was fairly simple, but just what was needed. There's some really great bass playing on Give Me Love, in particular, this, this um, descending bass line that he does in one part of the song that's phenomenal. But, um, you know, sometimes quantity matters a lot to me. And the mere fact that names like Klaus Foreman and Jim Keltner, among others, there are lots of others that were used a lot, uh, you know, just makes you realize that, you know, the Beatles thought so highly of these people. So Klaus Foreman would be my fifth.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, Keltner, Keltner and Corman. I mean, this is exactly what, you know, uh, you know, I was envisioning, you know, I mean, these, these people need more, you know, they need to be talked about more, in my opinion. You know, so I'm yeah. glad you definitely brought those those two up, Ken. You know, it's part For of sure. like a core band. <laughs> right. Right.
2: <laughs> All but Paul. And that's only because Paul had wings. Right.
4: Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned a bunch of my runner-ups. <laughs> <laughs> well, same here. Yeah, that's here, how
1: it And I'm surprised. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but you didn't have any that I picked, you know, and I think <laughs> yeah. that's great. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great because I see a, a well... You know rounded show with with probably people that deserve be mentioned.
4: Mm-hmm, absolutely
2: yeah. it's also great when we all agree on one particular yeah oh
4: yeah. yeah. no, that's yeah. that's great but you're right about claus voorman though I've, I've really come to appreciate him as as a player because he's he's not flashy
0: you know <laughs> right. he's,
4: he's very but yeah he's kind of a less is more uh player right. and i really appreciate musicians like that That right. that yeah it's it's the quality, not the not the not the quantity of notes. The quality, right, yeah.
3: right. Well put. Yeah. Okay. Joe, let's make it. Okay, you- Ken. Um, well, when I went into this, because uh, sometimes we discuss what we're going to do for the next show right after we do a show, right? And for- <laughs> it changes a little bit. <laughs> I got the idea originally. I wasn't thinking VIP. Like in other words, who are the absolute most <clears throat> most essential. Mm-hmm. Greatest. If I was going to do that, I'm sure I would have had all those people on there. I would have put uh, Denny, Phil Spector, Jim Keltner, Klaus Vorman I mean, th- you know, I mean, they played on almost everything, uh, right? Jim Keltner and Klaus alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but that's the way I took it, the way I understood it, and kind of took it was just thinking of some songs that I really liked that were enhanced and made special by certain musicians. Or producers. Yeah. And um, al- I, along those lines, I have a bunch here. Uh, I, I have seven, actually. I'm going to try to <laughs> narrow it down to five. Uh, first, I went with Henry McCullough because of the My Love song.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I think, you know, his guitar solo on there, and I believe Paul let him do it. You know, let him just do what he wanted to do on there. Is I mean... I've always enjoyed that song, but that is a moment. It just like uh, transcends, it takes the song to a whole another level uh, at that point with that break. Uh, and that's the highlight of the song, you know, and I think that's a really special moment in the careers of the solo Beatles. So um, that's one of the first that came to my mind where a song was really enhanced by somebody, a musician, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Along those lines, I'll go with uh, Jimmy McCulloch, who, uh, fantastic young lead guitarist that was gone much too soon. And, uh, you know, uh, Junior's Farm remains possibly my favorite single (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) from, you know, Wings and uh, Paul, you know, in general. Uh, Wow, the energy that he gives to that song. Uh, And I love the fact that Paul even recognizes him in the, the middle of the song, Take Me Down, Jimmy. You know, mm, I, I love that yeah. bit in there. Um, and he was so good on the Wings Over America tour sure. and really shined on that and added so much to that. Uh, such a, a sad thing when somebody has gone too early. And I always think of that whenever I watch that uh, concert and when I hear songs like Medicine rock Jar. Rock and show. And things, things like that. Rock show. Yeah, yeah, rock show. So those are are, uh, a couple that I I thought of pretty quickly. Um, Then I I was, recently I heard the uh, Imagine album for the first time in a while. It's been since the box set had come out, you know, several years now. And I was listening to I Don't Want to Be a Soldier. Mm. And uh, all the different moods that's in a song that I really didn't like when I was younger and I became... To really, uh, a person who would appreciate it as I got older, and King Curtis on there with his part yeah. when he puts mm. he added the saxophone to it is all over the place, and I just love listening to that mm. uh, the way he plays on there. Also on "It's So Hard," I love yep. the, the bit that King Curtis does on that song. Also on the Imagine album, I think he added a lot to those two songs in particular. But I mean, on "It's So Hard," I don't think it's as prominent uh as 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 i hear it when i listen to i don't want to be a soldier and it just i said you know this is really this this guy is is amazing on this i'm definitely going to remember this next time like whenever we bring up imagine or something or it fit in this subject perfectly it was a perfect opportunity to mention it all right so uh i would say joe just one joe one second
1: i i would love love if you gave uh um uh, what's his? Well, we were just talking. Uh, King. Um, King Curtis. King Curtis. I would. I would love if you gave. Uh, gave his one of his one or two al- of his albums a chance because oh, he's got. I God. think he's he's, <laughs> he's done some fantastic work outside of of uh, those those two songs. So if you ever see a King Curtis record, I would love to get your opinion on it because I I All think right. it's great.
3: Tom, we're gonna have to discuss that then when I when yeah. I do hear one. And I'm yep. sure at my records, my local record store, I'm sure we'll come across one,
0: right.
3: <laughs> at least. <laughs> All right. Well, we talked about Denny Lane before, and I feel like every other show, I'm I'm mentioning this person, and it's Linda McCartney, mm-hmm. and her contribution to Wings and to mm-hmm. Paul in general. Uh, I say the same thing every time, but I just always love the sound of her voice. Uh, not a professional, you know she learned as she went, but I really like the offbeat quality of harmonies that she gave to wings. And I think with, along with Denny, of course, you know, she was partly the sound of wings, the voice of wings, and it wouldn't have been the same without her. Uh, And that's even in the earlier days, pre-wings, when you're talking about Ram, uh, Uncle Albert, another, another day, you know, it it was different for Paul, wasn't it? I mean, go from the Beatles, and then you start hearing him uh, with with his wife in the background, and also singing along with him. It's kind of different sound for him when you have, uh, you know, a female in there. And I think that was pretty important. A lot of people rejected it, I'm sure, in the beginning, didn't want her a lot like with John and Yoko, uh, of course. But yeah, I've always liked it. And that album, wide prairie that she has boy i love the whole album you know I, I just like listening to her maybe an acquired taste for some but uh i'm a linda mccartney fan when it comes to her what she gave to paul and to wings in the recordings uh which one would i pick next uh we can't pick any beatles so uh all right so i'm gonna skip uh i'm gonna skip george harrison you know uh, uh, and all his slide guitar on uh, some stuff. But uh, I thought what I would do is, I, I was surprised I actually thought of this. It's between the two two people here. Um, but when I was doing this research, I was thinking of the Ringo album and Richard Perry.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I was thinking, the songs on, first of all, the songs on the Ringo album, are great songs. And I know Ken feels this way, and I tend to agree with him on this topic. I think he often says, right, Ken, in your opinion, it's the song first, really, mm-hmm. you know, and then the production second. When they come together, it's really nice when it comes together. These songs stand on their own on the Ringo album. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the talent that goes in there, all the guest stars, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Beatles themselves, the, the other Beatles, right, and uh, so many other people. Uh, the talent's all there, but there's something about the production, and I can't always... Put my finger on it. It's like a I don't know, I want to say a party atmosphere or some kind of a festive feel to when I listen to that. I like the way that whole album sounds, uh, with the production on it. So I thought when I was looking for something a little different that I would uh mention Richard Perry. Yeah. Cool. I, I discovered when I was looking up some more information, I didn't know this. And his birthday is the same date as Paul. Some people might not know that. June eighteenth mm. of forty-two. Same day. Wow! I didn't know wow! That. So Did there you know
4: go.
3: <laughs> Fun fact, uh, <laughs> and I believe that's five.
4: Yep, it is. Right. I think
3: so you know, very one, good choices.
2: One thing that Paul said about Linda, <clears throat> he was looking for more of a Shangri-La's type sound. You know, not a very trained vocalist, not a powerful mm-hmm. vocalist, but that kind of sound appealed to him. And so he applied that with Linda when it came to recording Wing stuff and she was mixed really well. And not only that, but she handled the keyboard stuff admirably. She learned everything and she played her parts well. So yeah, glad you put Linda in there. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Tom, we'll
2: make you next.
1: All right, thank you, Ken. Um, You know, number one, I'm kind of, I guess I'm killing two birds with one stone with this gentleman, Uh, but uh, Pete Drake. Um, you know, I, I, think his contributions to the, all things must pass album is, is, is uh, phenomenal, um, I've always been a big, a big fan of the pedal steel guitar. And I think his work is exceptional on those songs. Um, you know, I live for you, which is my favorite of his uh, work on all things must pass. Obviously we didn't get it until th- thankfully we got it, you know, on that 30th anniversary set, uh, behind that locked door and, and obviously a ballad of Sir Frankie Crisp. But he also gets a big thumbs up from me for for making the Bukuza Blues album possible for Ringo because I mean it was pretty much him that you know put that album together, you know, put those musicians together he got it to where all Ringo had to really do was just go there and sing in three days. And then the album was pretty much one of the fastest, it has to go down as one of the fastest recorded albums of all time, you know, but that just goes to, to, that just speaks volumes of the the professionalism of the musicians that peak Drake got for that, for that record. Um, So, so peak Drake, definitely uh, I think has done some VIP work with, uh, with uh, two of the fabs. I I think you got to say Eric Clapton, uh, again, especially on his work for uh, All Things Must Pass. And then there's also another track later on back in, you know, in 79 that uh, uh, he he does with, uh, you know, Love Comes to Everyone. But, um, you know, I'd have you anytime, you know, pretty much the first thing you hear on that album is Clapton, you know, opening that, you know, with that beautiful guitar lick, Um, you know, Art of Dying, Wawa. Um, you know, just uh, just beautiful playing from Clapton. And obviously he was the lead guitarist for a concert for Bangladesh. So I mean, that's even though we had Jesse Ed Davies uh, there ready to go, but mm-hmm. thankfully we got Clapton uh there to uh, to perform. Um so I definitely think that his contributions uh to to the all you know to George uh is speaks volumes um i'm hoping kit has this one (laughs) because this gentleman has some great funky stuff and that that's willie weeks um You know, uh, you know, you listen to, you know, 33 and 3rd, you know, some of George Harrison, I think he's got, you know, one track on Extra Texture, which I really like his name is Legs, which he has a really great, you know, line you know, opening bass bit at the beginning of that, Um, you know, his opening for, you know, Woman Don't You Cry For Me is, is fantastic, just elevates that song to another level. Uh, in my opinion, you know, and that's the power of a, of a great, um, you know, musician. Um, and he's, he's 74 years old. He's still going, uh, you know, so that, that's awesome. But yeah, Willie Weeks, um, you know, George has even said that he would rather have someone like Willie Weeks in his band than Paul McCartney, but who knows if he was just being a a smart ass or not, because, you know, he loved to get a little zinger in on Paul whenever he had the opportunity. (laughs) <laughs> you know but um really weeks is, is phenomenal
2: and um on the 74 tour
1: that's right that's right um there's a gentleman that, that has enhanced of of some Paul songs in my opinion that I think are good but what his work to those songs I think again just made those songs a little bit better and that's Howie Casey um mm. you know Especially songs with like Bluebird, um, yeah. San San Fairy Ann, Jet, Mrs. Vanderbilt. You know he was a part of that ensemble with uh, you know with uh, songs like you know silly love songs. You know and obviously you know going out on tour with with Paul uh, the '75 '76 tour. Did he do the '79 one too? I think he was a part of the '79. I know we did the uh, Rockestra. Um, you know with with Paul on the Back to the Egg um album but um that that beautiful sax solo that he does in bluebird i think you know it's never been one of my favorite songs but i just love that bit i again i just think that it just enhances the song
4: i agree
1: yeah. Same with San Ferián. Now all of them, all of the four of the, the brass um, are on that song, but you can tell uh, Howie Casey's saxophone playing, uh, in you know in the middle of that song. And I think it, it, it's brilliant. Um, lastly, you know, Ken, I think you're you know between Denny and Linda. I mean, you can't argue those two. You can't. Ooh. However, however. Jimmy McCulloch, I, I think, is just uh, you know in a class all of his own with with the guitar playing. I love I love Henry. I love L.J. I think they're phenomenal. But when I hear those albums with uh, with Jimmy on them and his solos, I think they I think it's just I, I really don't know how to explain it, but it, it's just a certain amount of profi- you know talent maybe or a certain amount of um, you know, or if you want to call it a God-given talent or, I mean, because we know he's a prodigy, right? I mean, he started at a young age um, if you want to say that, but it's just a whole nother sound, a whole nother, you know, umph to those songs, you know, we talked about, you know, like Junior's farm, we talked about, you know, I know Kit's favorite Magneto and titanium man, you know, <laughs> you know, his, oh, his well, work on his great work song. On Cat- Yeah. His cat his his work on cafe on the left bank is fantastic. Letting go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he could play. Yeah. I mean, he he sounds like he could play any kind of genre of music Mm -hmm. and, and, and sound like it's effortless, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's one of the things I think I like about his playing too. It just seems like it's just, you know, he puts his hands and fingers where they need to be and it's just almost perfect, you know, note for note. And, um, so for me, I think Jimmy, and I think Denny is, is really good, Ken, but I just don't think that he picked up, you know, he's important. Yeah. Especially with the vocals, but I don't know if you can say that he was really vital until like mid mid wings periods. I don't see those early wings periods, except for like those backing vocals. Cause he wasn't really contributing that much with the writing. Um, you know, up until till later, but but of course, again, he he was there from the beginning to the end. So I, I, you know, you again, it's still, you know, who do you pick? I mean, five is not enough. I think somebody said that earlier. Five is not enough, but you know, no, they both belong there. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I tend yeah. to
2: because I'm always about the song first. Right. Sometimes I put the songwriter first. Right. Beyond the musician, even though Jimmy co-wrote medicine jar and right. Don't you still right. had more songs from denny, yeah. denny yeah. You, can't, you can't deny the importance of mulligan tire oh and no he acted, you know like i said denny was there from the start to the end
0: mm-hmm.
2: the only yep. one <laughs> besides <Yeah. playing. laughs> so, you know yeah I, yep. I, I
1: agree
2: but as a musician for that brief time oh god you know jimmy added so much to that to those songs yeah.
1: he had a great impact to that band you know
2: I think the end of London town that instrumental part mm-hmm. are playing I think that's Jimmy that's phenomenal I love it mm-hmm. so yeah great choices mm-hmm. there's no argument here <laughs> <had> it, all. <laughs> we all deserve right.
1: it.
2: right uh, and I'll yeah dying
1: day. dying I mean 20 I'm sorry yeah dying at 26 you know that it was a shame you
2: know mm, no doubt about it did you did you give five then
1: yeah, yeah, that was my five: uh, Pete Drake, Eric Clapton, Willie Weeks, Jimmy McCulloch, and Howie Casey. Okay, all right,
2: great picks right there, kid.
4: Well, yeah, this was tough to narrow it down to five, and and uh, had a bunch of runner uh, runner ups, and and you uh, you guys have mentioned some of them already, but uh, but uh, narrowing it down here, uh, first pick: uh, Billy Preston. Uh, he, yeah, gotta gotta give it to Billy Preston. Um, he of course not only contributed uh greatly uh to let it be um and some dabby road, but uh contributed greatly to some of the solo uh material as well, including uh God. God which did His, some incredible yeah. the incredible. grand
1: piano on that is yeah. Oh,
4: I mean, can you imagine? that song without that i mean you can hear his gospel Mm -hmm. right and i mean i you can't imagine that song without that that gospel i mean because john is kind of you know assuming the role of almost like a preacher in that Mm. you know declaring his is like his you know he's stating his beliefs or (laughs) non-beliefs and in this case and there's billy in the background you know playing this and, and just adding to the drama uh, of, of the song i i can't imagine god without without that mm-hmm. that incredible piano mm-hmm. um but of course billy can also add just some rollicking great um you know uh rock piano with like this song uh george Earson's mm-hmm. this song uh or i'm the greatest uh by ringo i mean you know because that song is it just has great humor to it and so um <laughs> you know Billy Preston has this sort of um, you know I don't know if it's a stride piano kind of way that you know it just adds to the humor of of the song so Billy just has this had this ability to play all different styles you still can tell it's him Mm. I mean he just has that had that ability that you I mean just uh, you know had that uniqueness to him I mean just so skilled but you know, but he could just play all different styles, um, and so he was uh, just such a he could elevate a song to to new heights. So, uh, so that's my first pick. Uh, I'm going to pick another uh, piano player here, Nicky Hopkins. Mm-hmm. uh yep. Nicky Hopkins, um, another incredible player who could play just about anything. Um, of course, uh, first worked with the Beatles on uh, Revolution, but um, I think he was an, an essential ingredient on John's Imagine.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you know, he, again, could play so many different styles. Jealous Guy is, mm-hmm. I think, one of his finest performances. I mean, you know, I, I mean, the first thing you hear just very beginning is, is mm-hmm. his playing. Um, just delicate, um, so you know kind of um oh, melancholy and, and thoughtful mm-hmm. um and just perfectly underscoring johns words and, and you know his kind of confessional tone um it's it's just a i think a, a just a bravado and kind a of performance mm-hmm. uh, another one then completely opposite is crippled inside I mean you get that kind of tack you know, piano um that uh, you know sounds like it comes out of a saloon or something you know I mean it's it's just uh you know can turn on a dime and do that um mm. he just was you know so talented another another one that died too young um and uh he uh, not as not as young as Jimmy McCullough but but still too young um such a talent Um, And and could play just about anything, a great secret ingredient. Uh, Another one uh, that, uh, yes, indeed, you did mention, Tom, Willie Weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. Willie Weeks, what a great, um, you know, he could play funk, uh, he could uh, play jazz, he could play, um, you know, he could do something like on 33 and a Third Woman, Don't You Cry For Me, where it's this great funk you know, mm-hmm. baseline, uh but he could do other songs that, uh, of, of particularly on George Harrison's albums, where, you know, that the baseline may not be as upfront as that, mm-hmm. but when you really listen to it, it's it's pretty complicated. um You know, like on this song.
0: This song. Um, yep. Yeah,
4: yep. Yep. Yep, exactly. Or even Here Comes the Moon. He does a beautiful bass line on that. Or Dark Sweet Lady. Uh, mm-hmm. The bass line on that is, is just beautiful. Um, you know, you can tell he had a jazz background uh, when you hear those, those bass lines because, you know, they're pretty complicated. But again, they're not, you know, they're not flashy, but they really carry the song. Um, next one Jimmy McCullough I I, you know I'm sorry to be repetitive but I remember when I first saw Rock Show when I was much much younger and of course I you know loved watching Paul and everything but my attention kept drifting (laughs) to Mm -hmm. Jimmy McCullough he was just I think one of the key ingredients of that tour um you know he just uh, his guitar playing was was i mean just just grabbed you it <laughs> just grabbed you by i the think throat. It, i think it
1: like screams arena rock i think he's yeah. like kind of like the, the perfect arena rock kind of you know player
4: yep yeah, i think you're right i mean it just uh you know as as you guys have said junior's farm um, his solos on that are just, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think you're right. I mean, you could absolutely, as you're listening to it, just picture an audience going <laughs> like yeah. this, listening to it. I mean, it, and the fact that he was able to learn the solo to my love, I mean, he had to learn it pretty fast, as I recall. I remember, you know, to, to learn it on tour and did a pretty darn good job. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, writing Medicine Jar, that's a great song. I mean, you know, yeah. so he could, yeah. So, I mean, he could write his own. So, and, and yeah, Wino Junko. Um, I mean, he just had it all, I, I think. I mean, he just was a great songwriter, incredible guitarist. I mean, he, he just, I think he's definitely one of my favorite, all-time favorite Wings members. They um, added so much. And as you've all said, died far too young. Um, and my, my final pick is Tom Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah tom scott he came to a beetle fest some years ago and i got to meet him and he's such a nice guy and what a talent he's another one like willie weeks that has a jazz background and you can really mm-hmm. tell um and uh he worked quite a bit with george harrison of course worked with him on um the uh, the dark horse tour the infamous dark horse tour um with his band uh, la express uh, and became a good friend of of George's. And um, but I think two of his solos really stand out, like the, on this song. I keep coming back to that. But uh, but the but the sax solo on this song really kills. And then of course, listen to what the man said. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that is a an iconic solo. I mean, I think it really ties the song together. I mean, everybody remembers it. And it's just he is such a skill player. He's played with everybody. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. it, it, chances are if you look in your collection, I mean, besides Beatles, you know, solo stuff, look in your collection. Tom is in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's he he played with everybody. So um so he's a a really um, gifted musician and I think anything he plays on he really elevates um, and and, it, and adds a little sophistication to it with his jazz tinge solos so those are those are my five picks amazing I'm, I'm so, yeah I'm, I'm surprised
1: George and Tom were such great friends since uh, since he played on the Paul song you know yeah
4: <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yes, George, George chose to make an exception
3: right.
2: I'm glad you put Nicky Hopkins in there, Kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's someone yep. who is so underrated. And um, it's like you said, he's not so much an elaborate player. He knows exactly what to play, what mm-hmm. complements the song. And um, I always go back to The Light that has Lighted the World, which is one of my favorite George Harrison songs and the piano playing in the middle there, which is very simple, but yep. just right, you yeah. know? Pete Townsend had some quote many years ago about him that, you know, he just knows what to play. He's not about himself. He's not about getting all the attention for himself. Just whatever will complement the song. Nikki Hopkins brings that to, you know, everything that he does. So I definitely agree there. Yeah, all your choices are wonderful. Tom Scott, I remember him saying that when um when he when he was presented, listen to what the man said, he went into the studio and he was just working out the song. So whatever he played, they recorded, and then Tom said, "Okay, now I'll do something proper, you know, like a real." song. <laughs> and, then, and then Paul said, "No, we'll keep that. That's perfect." <laughs> so, and it was.
4: Yeah. It was. But but it, you know what you were saying, Ken. That's that is true. That's what makes a great, you know, studio musician, and, and I mean musician period. But particularly, you know, that's why these these musicians are in demand as studio musicians because yeah, they know what to what to play. You know, when they don't need a lot of direction and they know what, you know, just what is right to play in in what, you know, at what time. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just what a skill. I I don't know how they do it.
2: And they don't try to overshadow the star. Right. Exactly.
4: That's very important.
2: Yeah. All right. Um, Did we get any comments from our viewers? Because I can't see on my screen.
4: Sure. Let me take a look here. Um, indeed, Astro Jare, well, Astro Jare, Tom Scott, and listen to what the man said is perfection. I I absolutely agree. Um, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Tom JBR says, Tom Scott produced Splinter's uh, Harder to Live album and great sax solo on B-side uh, white uh, sorry. White, white, shoe, white weather. shoe weather yes yeah. yep tom scott
2: also produced 33 and a third
4: mm-hmm. yes he did that is true <laughs> howie true. uh
3: howie casey uh, tony tony demeanor says howie casey also played horns on arrow through me yep so-
4: howie casey was one of my runners up i i mm-hmm. like howie casey a lot i i think he does you're absolutely right tom that he adds so 84 much. years young
2: and he still wow. goes out there and performs yeah, too.
4: that's right mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Esther says Willie Weeks would later become a member of the Doobie Brothers. That's right. Forgot about that. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony DeMeo. Hi, Tony. Said Nikki Hopkins played on one of my favorite Paul songs, Same Love. But right. that's mm-hmm. from 86, so we'll discuss it another time. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. right. That'll
4: be on a future show. <laughs>
1: always somebody that can't play by the rules
4: (laughs) Uh, oh tony also said preston was on oh my my
1: Hmm.
4: i think that's right and Uh, and you're
1: right 10 times you're 100 right on his performance uh on god uh yeah i mean lennon probably could have done that but when you've got a talent like like billy preston uh you you have him do it (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah Yep. And, and his yeah. fills, you know, fills and his fills competing with Ringo's fills, you know, in between each, you know, each between, you know, John Line are, are fantastic.
4: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, let's... You know, Nikki
1: Hopkins
2: is the only musician other than Eric Clapton to play mm-hmm. on all four Beatles, four Beatles. solo recordings. Yeah, yep. mm. Only a couple. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, other than. The beatles themselves
1: right and i thought it was billy preston too but i think he's performed with all of them live um right. not necessarily really recorded called. with all of them yeah right.
4: uh tom jbr says one of jimmy's underrated solos is on treater gently lonely old people mm-hmm hmm. indeed okay Uh, he also said earlier you've forgotten billy preston no we didn't see we we got him we got (laughs) you there you go so oh yeah he also tom also had jim horn would be on my list yeah nope. that's another one yep yeah see that's the thing was hard to to narrow it to five yeah absolutely yep oh gary wright yeah Mm -hmm. only sleeping to gary wright yeah that's uh that's mean, another yeah. good one.
1: I think you know, Jesse Jesse Ed Davies, you know, with his Absolutely. guitar part in number nine dream, I think is is worthy of of, of of a mention. You know, I know he's worked with you know on that, I think he's works on that whole album um on Walls and Bridges, but yeah. he's <clears throat> that every song? He's on, certainly yeah. on most of them. I'm pretty sure that's Jesse
2: Ed that's that does the lead guitar solo in Stand By Me. Hmm.
4: Yeah, okay. yeah, we got yeah, a couple kind of, of notes on... for Jesse Ed here.
3: Mhm. Yep.
1: So, yeah yeah they first yeah him and john first met during the rolling stones rock and roll circus um and i tell you that taj mahal song that they perform ain't that a lot of love is is killer really really killer bluesy bluesy track and i recommend everybody watch or mm-hmm. listen to. yeah okay
2: any of us have some honorable mentions ourselves
4: mm-hmm. why yes mm-hmm. indeed uh, yes indeed <laughs> Kit had one. Let me start with you. assert <laughs> start with who? With you, Kit. Oh, me. Oh, okay. I think I Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm back i'm back okay so uh pete drake was one of my honorable mentions uh absolutely agree with you there. his, his slide playing added so much to uh, all things must pass and um and produced uh blues uh let's see let me scroll down here uh vinnie poncia that was an, that was one uh, howie casey Klaus borman Lawrence juber eric clapton uh alan white uh added him uh and Mm -hmm. Ken Curtis, Jessica Davis, uh Harry uh Henry McCullough, uh Dr. John. Uh he he Mm. added some uh, fun thing uh elements to some of Ringo's albums. Mm. Great piano. Ooh Uh, ooh we exactly so those were my runners
3: that's a fun song.
4: Yeah it is I love that song.
2: He wrote that Mm -hmm. okay did you have any honorable mentions Tom
1: uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Denny and Linda, uh, they, I'm definitely glad they got mentioned. I, I really love, um, you know, what the band uh, did with uh, Sunshine Life for me, even okay. though it's just one song, but it's it's still, you know, worthy of, of mentioning just because of, you know, them what they what they brought to that song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, you know, King Curtis, uh, that he was in my, you know, in, in my in my running for. For the top five as well um but just so many i mean again it's just just so many you know there i don't think there's a wrong a wrong answer really in this on this but um well i guess there can be but
3: (laughs) so
2: far there hasn't been
3: no yeah yeah
2: joe did you have any
3: well uh so far the ones that i had here that were extras you've all mentioned nikki hopkins was right there um but i put down i put an odd one in there I you know the song Mull of Kintyre. I mean, uh, it's a great song even without the. I think if they didn't use the Campbelltown pipe band, but I like them being in that song. I really think that those bagpipes really, uh, you know, punctuate that song. That's what it's supposed to be—the feel of it. And I had them down as as an honorable mention. Give them some love because. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, let's say I'm looking tired, it does. It, it was great anyway before before they come in with the bag five foot.
2: Well, that's the sign of a great song what if for, so,
3: yeah. So,
1: Ken, have you ever done that for a trivia question? The, 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 the only two that has recorded with uh all four solo Beatles?
2: I've done that on the radio, okay. I've done it on my website, mm. but that's a good one for everyone to remember in case I do it on my <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Nicky yep. Hopkins and Eric Clapton. Clapton, yep. I also put down Nick and Nicky Hopkins for honorable mention, as well as Richard Perry. I also put down Elton John. I mean, there's together. only a few songs there, but they're so important. Whatever gets you through the night, number one song. Um, and rooms. the two of them sounded great together vocally. And he added so much on the piano there. He really pumped up that song. Um, and I do love the earlier versions of that song, which are really interesting. It's much more laid back the versions that we've heard from just John singing it alone in the studio. But um, yeah, I mean, he was the hottest artist on the planet at the time. And he added so much to that song, also on Surprise Surprise and definitely Snookaroo. Snookaroo. Is one of my favorite yeah, yeah. of Ringo's uh, solo songs. And then of course, there was that incredible moment on stage when John Lennon joined Delton John on Madison, in Madison Square Garden. Uh, thanksgiving time of 1974 the last time that he was on stage um you know in a concert venue um in his career
3: hmm.
2: not counting you know great tv special
3: i also i'm gonna have to throw it in there because I, I was i mentioned him before but i george harrison's some of his best guitar playing was on for me on back off boogaloo uh all oh my love how do you sleep it's his best guitar playing on solo solo tracks, I think. You know, so I I had him down. Mm -hmm. Couldn't resist. These
2: are all (laughs) tremendous choices here. So thanks to the three of you boys and everybody riding in. And so this is great. We'll do this again probably when we tackle the 80s.
3: How about tomorrow night?
2: (laughs) 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 I'd be up for that just you know do it sometime in the near future (laughs) so uh why don't we go around the horn and tell everybody what we've been
1: up to on our various shows and stuff we'll start with you tom all right thank you ken i'll try to be uh, short and sweet here um our the last couple shows Saturday we dropped the show with our good buddy Dylan Seavey and we talked about the the middle eights or the bridges whenever you want to call them so we we talked about you know what what is the bridge or the middle eight you know where you know how is it constructed into the song uh we talked about our favorite middle eights and and Paul's uh Soto catalog uh you know we also mentioned a few of the great Beatle middle eights that are because I mean that's just so amazing um then again like Ken mentioned we did interview Denny Sywell in fernando perdomo about this upcoming show on july 16th where they're going to play the the ram album in its entirety and um yeah so we've also got a show coming soon with uh terry crane who wrote the the nems book and we talked about you know uh brian brian epstein as a manager we just talked about nems as a business we talked about Um, you know a lot of the memorabilia inside of that book so look forward to that and that should be out in um in about a week and a half so uh again keeping busy and hopefully uh we'll plan on doing something for for paul's uh 80th birthday on on the 18th so we'll see Hmm. okay joe how about you
3: Hey, on my on my uh, youtube channel mean mr mayo uh i had a show that i did called fab gab and can at the beginning of this show you were saying well, you haven't done one in a while and that's true and uh so many people were saying hey when is it going to come back and i figured we'll do a return of fab gab and it's going to start up again uh the next show is going to be this coming sunday which will be june the 5th it'll be at 3 p.m eastern it's a live show we're going to be celebrating like a lot of you have already done tug of war the 40th mm-hmm. anniversary paul's album but we're gonna rank the songs uh, on it and uh do our uh, least favorite to most favorite if we can songs and i have i have a special guest on there uh, i'm gonna you know i'll let the guest uh tell you about it
2: <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. who is the guest <laughs> Well who's next, Who, who's next in line?
1: Who's
4: next in line? Why, that would be me. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I'm the special guest. Uh yeah, really looking forward to it. And boy, this is gonna be hard to write these songs. Uh but I'll but I'll do it. I'm gonna do my best, so I'm really looking forward to it. Then I'm fab gap before, and it's always a good time. So, uh, so this will this will be a blast. So, so uh, see you guys over on uh, Joe's channel on uh, this Sunday at uh, two p.m. live. And two
3: p.m. Uh, your time, three p.m. my time. I don't know what time. Yeah, you two p.m.
4: Central, like... three p.m. Eastern. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and you know. And, Join uh, join the conversation. I have a feeling it's going to be, uh, you know, good di- good discussion.
2: I know. Be what you see is going to be the number one song. Give <laughs> <laughs> it away.
3: It, it might, uh, it might, it might, it
0: might not knows, be the it's... last. I don't know. Yet. <laughs> you never you never know.
4: You never know. Um, yeah uh so yes so that's coming up i'm also going to be recording uh this week um a future appearance on uh paul or nothing about this right here my uh the the, uh, paul concert i just attended uh don't know when that's going up yet but of course i will let you know uh i will be also doing uh, another show from my backyard as soon as the weather cooperates and uh since you guys seem to really enjoy it uh last time i did it uh probably it'll be yeah, like mid to late June. So I will let you know when that's going to happen. Uh, also be on the lookout for uh, the next Beetle Fan magazine because uh, it will feature an interview with Ken Womack. I just turned it in today. Uh, and it's going to be a sneak preview of uh, the uh, book that we've all been waiting for on Mal Evans. We had a great conversation about the research he did what surprised him about what he learned about mal um and i think you'll really really find it fascinating i know i did so uh so if you know you're not a subscriber just go to Beetlefan magazine or beetlefan.com just beetlefan.com and uh find out how you can subscribe so you don't want to miss this it's it's really a great a great interview mm-hmm. um and of course you can find us right here um just uh, go to talkmoretalk.com you can find us on twitter at talkmoretalk1 that's the number one you can um find us of course right here on youtube and please subscribe uh our subscribers uh count uh are, it's going up 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 but uh but we uh need to uh, need more so please <laughs> tell your friends and hey, she's calling you up 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 up, 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 up. That's right. Yep, you all know the reference. So, uh, so you know, please uh, tell your friends and family. Uh, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, and you can uh, subscribe there as well to be notified of new episodes and we always post stuff there Uh, and you can email us at talkmoresolotalk at gmail.com let us know what you think feedback Uh, if you have ideas for future shows you can let us know about that as well you just might find one of your ideas on a future show and of course you can find us on any uh, podcast uh, streaming platform that you use uh, virtually any anyone you can think of uh so you can find us everywhere and as oh, oh and you can also find us on um online thanks to beetle ed yes. um at that for radio uh so uh so thanks again to have me streams many of our individual shows so uh so you can't get away from us we're everywhere you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> you don't can you can find us, us everywhere oh what
2: don't try to fight us yep. <laughs> Thank you, Kit. Yes. Okay. Um, as for me, on my website, which is KenMichaelsRadio.com, you know that there's Beatles trivia every single week. Uh, this week, there's one, uh, a Beatle game called The End, which I play at the very end of a Beatles song or solo Beatles song, and you have to name it. And now I have as a prize, this guy right here, The Beatles and India, a brand new documentary that we've been talking about here. I have one copy to give away on DVD. Well, I'll I'm- take it so <laughs> you gotta good, get qu- good from. yeah it was a good one this week good one thank you how well do you do with my trivia tom lately i know when i did the show live right. you, you knew the answers
1: you know i i should i should just start you know you know not wanting to you know not to win or just just to you know turn in the question just to see if you know if i'm right <laughs> you, you know. know yeah yeah i think i'll start doing that not with this one because it, I, I, you know, it was just too easy. But, um, <laughs> but uh, like, on the next one,
2: I like to mix it up, make one you easy, easy. You have to,
1: you have to, yeah, right. You don't want to discourage everybody, you know. Right. Okay. And uh, in addition to that,
2: my YouTube channel, which is Ken Michaels Radio, it's a brand new interview with Billy J. Kramer, and we mm-hmm. talk about his entire career. Of course, he's he's not just a recording artist, he is family in the Beatle World because John and Paul gave him more songs than really any but other artist. It's Billy oh. J, Peter and Gordon, Silla Black, those were the top ones. And uh, the Lennon McCartney songs that he did, that he had he had several hits with those. And of course, it was produced by George Martin, managed by Brian Epstein. We talk about his career, the early part of his career. Um, he also recorded a Harry Nilsen song and a Bee Gees song before they were really big. So mm-hmm. we talked about that. And, uh, you know, what he's been doing the last few years, and he's still out there performing, giving a concert at the Cutting Room in New York City on June the 6th. So that's on my uh, YouTube channel. I also just did an interview with someone that interviewed you, Kit. <laughs> Jason oh go back a long ways because in addition to my years on WDHA in New Jersey, which a lot of people know me for, I was there for 10 years. For about one to one and a half years, I was a DJ on WZFM in uh, White Plains, New York. And it was an adult contemporary station back then in 1984 and 85. I like to refer to it as the Lionel Richie channel because uh, just about every hour there was Lionel Richie music, whether it's solo or (laughs) Commodores. But um, you know, Barbra Streisand, Barry Manilow, Solo Beatles, Christopher Cross, Gloria Stefan, those artists, Sergio Mendez. That's the kind of music that we played there at the station. And I was there doing an overnight shift Sunday nights from midnight till six. And JC was the program director. And he is also the host of the syndicated Beatles show called Beatles Weekly. And JC interviewed Kit for one of the shows. So this was a WZFM reunion on my channel, and uh, we talk about his show, Beatles Weekly, and we do a Fab Five show as well on there. And uh, don't forget, um, there is my interview with Alan White, which is on my channel as well. Um, I've been told, I don't wanna say it's the last interview he ever did. It's safer to say it's one of the last ones that he did. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of talking about working with George in particular on all things must pass. And that's on Ken Michaels radio. If you can, please subscribe to my channel. Uh, things we said today, my other podcasts will be doing a show next week. As it turns out, Darren DeViva, one of my co-hosts will be going to all three Ringo concerts at the beacon. And uh, I'll be going to the first one at the beacon. Then I'll be seeing Paul at Fenway. So for that show, we'll be talking about our experiences with both, the Ringo shows and Paul. And um, we're also gonna be doing something which is kind of a continuation of, like we had the compilations, the Beatles 1962 to 66 and 67 to 70. We're gonna do one that goes into the solo uh, hmm. careers of the Beatles. So it's either gonna start in 1968, if you wanna include two virgins or <laughs> <no> <laughs> music, and we're either gonna to go to 74 or 75. It's going to be like a double CD, what we would mm-hmm. for that. All right. Yeah. It's going to be nice. our next show, and that's next week, but it won't be till Thursday or Friday because I won't be back from uh, Massachusetts till, till then. So, got all those things going on. If you want to get in touch with me by email directly, it's Thing at att.net. I'm finishing up uh, my latest Every Little Thing show, the syndicated show which is an all Paul McCartney hour for his 80th birthday. And that'll be airing in a few weeks leading up to June 18th. All right, this has been fantastic. This is a great topic that we did. And uh, thanks to all of you for all your comments and to everyone for watching. Thanks so much for watching us. The regulars, the newbies, you know. Ah, look at that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Nice shirt.
2: Okay. I didn't even know it was a McCartney shirt till now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for watching. And uh, as Paul would say at the end of all of his concerts, we'll see you next time. Ah. Take care.
4: Peace and love. (laughs)